accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news reviews. It's Grandma Esther's eggnog induced Christmas call-in extravaganza. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our annual holiday special that we have been doing from the very beginning. A very special episode of Flash TV Talk dedicated to you, dear listener, and whatever you want to talk about, but mostly, even more importantly than you. This is the only time I'm going to say this, but it is absolutely true. This is to Grandma Esther. Bell, you there with me, buddy? All right. All right, let's, let's cheers across the internet. In our, uh, in our big glasses of Grandma Esther's eggnog as we cheer with the fans across the world. Glasses up. Clink it. Clink it. There we go. There we go. I think we banged the microphones. <laughs> Just, it was a, probably a terrible listening experience. But no, it is, of course. Grandma Esther's eggnog induced Christmas calling extravaganza. We've got some fun planned for y'all tonight. And uh, yeah, we are, uh, we are back here in, uh, in the normal recording setup. I know that last week, man, we had a, a blast being in the same place. Uh, we've got some great stories um, from the house party that we'll be sharing a little bit later in the uh, in the program here. Uh, but first, man, you know this is tis the season and everything. Um, you uh you 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 all ready for Christmas? Did you have any uh, special requests for Santa Claus? And in, in terms of like you know Flash gear, Crisis gear, DC Comics geek, or otherwise? Uh, I yeah, I asked for Wonder Woman eighty four to be good. Oh wow! Yes, there you go. That's that's. <laughs> That's a good one. It's <laughs> a very, very good one. But um, Santa's very busy, and I understand if he can't get to everybody. So no, man. I think it's. I think it's looking good. I think. Uh, yeah, I, I think it, it. It looks like it's going to be fun. Uh, I'm excited for it, and and you know, it, it's it's always great because I mean, the Flash is like pretty flawless. Uh, let's face it; like all the Arrowverse stuff that they're doing is is just gold. And yeah, um, you know, I I, I want to spread some of that some of that joy to. Uh, to the movie verse. Yeah. I mean, that's, but it's been happening. I mean, look at, look at Shazam, look at the first Wonder Woman, look at Aquaman. Like there's been, there has been joy to be had. It is on an upward trend. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think it's, I think it's very possible. Uh, man, I, I have uh, gone to Santa Claus with my wish list as well. Uh, my wish is for um, really just a really solid back half of the season. I mean, we had like this incredible first half that led up to the crisis. Of course, the crisis, we were smack dab in the middle uh, this holiday season of the crisis, but we know that at some point, theoretically, the crisis will come to an end. And it, to some extent, the universe, multiverse, will be uh, restored, altered. It, it'll move forward because all of these people have jobs and contracts. <laughs> <laughs> I made the yeah. joke that, like, you know, with that day being the crisis, that we would no longer have the Flash TV Talk podcast because clearly the Flash was going to be over at the crisis. But, you know, but reality speaking, yeah, we, we got a long way to go here, Bell. We we do, and then uh, hopefully it's going to be a, a really a really fun ride. I hope so, man. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. We'll be doing a little bit of speculation, but of course, like I mentioned, we are smack dab here in the crisis, and and as we kind of get ready to to dive into some discussion, man, I want to I want to kind of put us in the right mind frame. Now, podcast listeners, right now are about to hear uh, the the twas the night before crisis. So for the live audience. I'm going to read this to you. This is, a, this is an, a, an ancient tome from the Book of Destiny in which we found <laughs> this uh, particular uh, excerpt. And I think this really helps us get into the, the, the spirits, the reason for this particular season of The Flash and all other CW shows. Here we go. 
Twas the night before crisis, and all through Earth One, not a hero was happy, no festivities or fun. Blood work was detained and Star Lab sealed up tight. His evil plan ended in a metahuman fight. Team Arrow was gathered on an isle out at sea, and the legends were drinking, playing trivia, yippee! Kate Kane was now Batwoman and wearing a mask. Her story now in sync, somehow, but don't ask. When across the multiverse there arose such a clatter, as all looked up to see the waves of antimatter. Even heroes of old in their last dying breath, exclaiming in terror, holy crimson skies of death! The Huntress and Babs from a long-forgotten show, the Titans' Dark Knight, and the Devil down below, would all fall prey to the coming end of days, brought forth by the Anti-Monitor and his villainous ways. But hope was on the way as the Monitor responds, declaring the saviors of the multiverse, the Seven Paragons. The Atom went to work on the Wave Rider's mainframe, searching for them all and listening by name. The Flash and Batwoman and Supergirl Kara, John Jones, Ryan Choi, and a canary named Sarah. And Kal-El, so they thought, him being so super. But spoilers, instead, it's totally Lex Luthor. Only after killing Superman, ending multiple flights, except for one in Smallville, still not wearing his tights. But the saviors now named, it seemed evil would fail, until all were shocked by Harbinger's betrayal. As Iris drew her head, giving Superman a look, a moment that made West Allen shippers shook. Vibe now empowered, Ralph and even Frost saw up in the clouds that their cause was now lost. The final wave had come, the red skies it brought, Earth-90's flash sacrifice now feeling all for naught, and Black Lightning just got here, and Earth-38, survivors seeking refuge just an episode too late. They would all be gone in the blink of an eye, the multiverse over, I'm starting to cry. But wait, what's this? Pariah's here now, saving all the paragons? But don't ask me how. Using powers unknown, sending them far from this joint, to the one place still left, the vanishing point. What now, you ask? The future unseen? Well, we'll all have to wait until January 14. But I say this, my friends, to those fallen out of sight. Resurrections to all. And to the rest, a good fight. Yay! And scene. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good, man. I, I, uh, uh, that, should, that should be viral. I mean, you know, it's not me, man. That's the Book of Destiny. I just, I read, I'm, I've just found this tome from the Book of Destiny. I don't know if Lex Luthor uh, scribed it in there or if it was, uh, it, it was prophecy of some sort or, uh, you know, maybe, maybe uh, considering it was in the Book of Esther, specifically in the Book of Destiny, I think maybe uh, it was intended for us. I even saw a bookmark that marked Nog uh, 2019. So I, I think this was... I, I <laughs> was it in the, uh, uh, the grandma chapter of the book of Esther? Yeah, the grandma chaster, chapter in the book of Esther, paragraph Nog, I think uh, somewhere in there <laughs> is about how it landed. But um, yeah, you know, I, I, I feel like we should make mention of this as we uh, kind of cue things up for our, our first caller. Um, we've, uh, you know, grandma Esther's, we, we, we got to, um, I think it was legends uh, in, the, uh, in the discord actually was asking the question about you know, the, the origins of Grandma Esther's eggnog-induced Christmas call and extravaganza. And of course, um, you know, Grandma Esther, if you go way back to the, uh, the first Christmas episode of season one, uh, it is revealed that, uh, that either Joe or Iris uh, has a Grandma Esther. We have Esther West, uh, who was a, um, a fan of bourbon and a fan of eggnog. And a fan of uh, making very, very strong eggnog. And we thought that was amazing. And it also set up a character kind of in the backstory of the West household that we really wanted to celebrate and go in on. And so that is why uh, we kind of, you know, created this, this annual holiday special in honor of Grandma Esther, who I still think, Belle, 
should at some point appear on Legends. As they are going back and forth, they need to run into Grandma Esther. Like, like in her prime, you know what I mean? Yeah, like they, they travel through time, you know. Why not have them travel to a, a time where Grandma Esther is, you know, defeating evil with really powerful eggnog? I mean, I, I, think I, <laughs> I think I may have pitched this before, but like, I like this idea that maybe like she was like this like secret agent type of, uh, you know, individual or something of that nature. Maybe, um, uh, you know, kind of like a hard drink and maybe, maybe kind of a, an, an undercover informant of some sort or, you know, I don't know. I like, I like kind of giving her this, um, uh, you know, this, this kind of uh, uh, a backstory that would kind of go with like that hard drinking. And, uh, and also kind of almost like a his- historic or heroic rather uh, type figure. Um, Maybe she could be some kind of like, you know, uh, non-superpowered operative for the JSA. Ooh, ooh, interesting. Now that yeah, would be very to- cool. I mean, I mean, how much time has the Legends actually spent with the JSA? Uh, it was like, was like it? Two, re- two episodes, right? Like a couple seasons ago? Yeah, yeah, they 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 spent a, they spent a pretty decent amount of time, like with uh, with Nate, you know, and, and Nate's granddad being a member of the uh, JSA. They they kind of like you know bounce back and forth and talk to him a little bit. And uh, gosh, I want to say that was season three. Okay, all right, yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, I, I just I think I think there's something there, man. It could totally happen if they wanted to. Uh, and uh, you know, I just I she's one of my favorite characters who we have never seen. Uh, <laughs> much, but she's not a forgotten character. And that is really what's important, Bell, because, of course, um, I have started keeping a short list, you know, checking, you know, writing a list, checking it twice, going to find out who's going to be referenced again and who's not going to be referenced again uh, on The Flash. And, you know, fortunately, this season, uh, Gideon was kind of redeemed. We got the, the, the loop closing in on Gideon. Now, whether or not the Gideon AI and, and Barry suit is going to come up again uh, ever in the series is, is kind of a, a question. But regardless... Gideon now exists. It's in Barry's suit. So that is there. Um, but there's other characters, man, that we haven't seen in a while. Mick Snurdle. Mick Snurdle, chief amongst them. Now, Bell, I think, I can't recall if we mentioned it on the live uh, show last week, but when we were watching, w- was it just me or was there a turtle on the Book of Destiny? I saw a turtle and uh, when I was rewatching uh, the episodes with Christy, I looked for it again and I, 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 I don't recall seeing that. Uh, I think I might've missed that one scene where like, you know, that was in, it was in the most recent crisis episode where right. you, you see the turtle. And so I, I was looking at it when Lex had it at Smallville and you kind of see the turtle shell. Well, I mean, there's um, a close up, isn't there? Yeah, there, there is a close up. And, and again, I, I missed the close up bit on that because uh, I was, I don't know, looking at something else. But uh, uh, yeah, it, it is definitely there. And I know I saw it. And I, I'm just going to have to go watch that episode again because it was a really good episode anyway. So, you know, what's the harm in watching it three times, especially when you get to prove that McSnurdle is actually the, you know, linchpin of the book of destiny that would be amazing like like what what justice that would be that would be incredible <laughs> yeah, i know right it'd be it'd be it'd be amazing it's like it's it needs to happen yes i i fully agree i'm justice I'm, for mcsnurdle yes all right so so is mcsnurdle found that's kind of the question are we satisfied with this being mcsnurdle found i think like you know internal headcanon yes that is mcsnurdle and he is the book of destiny i would still love to see an actual turtle on the set uh you know in a bowl somewhere that we could see. Interesting. Yes. No, and I'm, maybe, I'm, maybe in McSnurdle's tank, there's a little book in there. And so like, you know, McSnurdle is a little turtle on the book of destiny. And there's a little book of destiny inside McSnurdle's tank and, and Barry and Iris's. Uh, yeah, I hear you. Um, I'm, I'm fine with the head cannon 
for most things. I mean, we certainly have headcanoned our way through a lot time travel wise. And if by the end of the series, uh, we need to headcanon that, in fact, McSnurdle was the turtle on the Book of Destiny. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it, man. I think it's a great idea. Here's another headcanon I want to throw your way in terms of forgotten, uh, and forgotten uh, uh, heroes and characters of the past. What if McSnurdle is alive and actively being cared for and perhaps even moved just out of camera whenever the camera pans around by Naked Earth 2 Linda Park? This is interesting. I've been thinking a little bit about Naked Earth 2 Linda Park um, because, and I need to look up the username on our Discord. Yeah, no, this is this has come no, that up. Was on, that was on Twitter. That was on Twitter. This correct? was definitely on Twitter. So we were discussing specifically characters that we hadn't seen in a while. And of course, uh, we know that we haven't seen uh, Earth 2 Naked Linda Park because of course she is naked. When she's naked, she's invisible. This was established and, we, and, and, you know, when she came over, she was actually uh, Dr. Light. She had the power to uh, wrap light around her and kind of go invisible. And uh, we have not seen her since. So, yeah. Yeah, She's it was out uh, there somewhere. Uh, and you can't at, see her. Yeah, at Blurred Pod. Uh, uh, the broke Blurred Pod was talking about that on Twitter, That's saying right. that, That's that right. perhaps they're going to introduce Identity Crisis with Sue Dibney. Uh, and of course, we all know that involves Dr. Light and the Dr. Light that we have here is Linda Park, who is naked. And in- well, I think it would be a very different Dr. Light. I, I don't. I, yeah, I think it would be more of a true to comics Dr. Light. But no, I think they would go in a very different way. So Dr. Light, Dr. Light is a, uh, a villain from DC Comics uh, in the I don't believe and I could be wrong here, but I don't believe in the comics there was ever an iteration of the character that was Linda Park. Uh, Linda Park was more of a love interest for Wally West in the comics. Uh, however, in this, uh, in, in, when they were playing around with doppelgangers um, in season two, they introduced a version of Linda Park from Earth 2 who was, in fact, Dr. Light. So just kind of a twist on a couple of different characters in a very different uh, capacity. So, Bell, entertain the people here for a minute while I have to tech support this. Well, yeah. So, uh, Karen, you, you asked a very good question there in the chat saying, well, what about original Barry Allen who saved Kid Barry, that infamous... In- infamous i've had a little too much of grandma esther's eggnog i cannot read uh (laughs) but yes this is an interesting question right because i i don't believe that one's ever been addressed there was the uh like we've seen other uh, incarnations of barry uh coming and going and and we've seen barry come back and see other versions of himself i think a couple of them have been accounted for as uh future season versions of barry going back uh and 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 you know telling himself no but we don't know who saved him that night i don't think and i'm just going to go ahead and say that it was earth 90 uh flash uh as played by john wesley ship that's just me that's my head cannon there it is i've said it and now i have spoken linda park man she's out there and the only reason we know she's naked is because we can't see her because if we could see her then she wouldn't be naked we'd see her now, I, this is, you know, talking about somebody like moving around, you know, like Linda Park moving the, the, uh, the, the turtle cage around. Has there ever been an instance where we just see some clothes like walking with no body, you know, on them? Not as of yet. No. I mean, no. like. But I, once we, we do, go- we will know that, that she's back and uh, <laughs> back in the picture. Are there any of the que- any of the characters like that, man, that um, we just haven't gotten any like good clothes? Accelerated man. Hmm. I don't know that he was ever, I mean, he's, well, for one thing, I guess they're all, (laughs) they're all wiped out in crisis. Yeah, they're all Uh, gone. Accelerated Man was a cameo. You know what I mean? Like he was a cameo that didn't impact any of our characters. And the only connection point that we had 
uh, was fridged. So we, I don't think I, I wouldn't like put it like turtle was a gift slash responsibility. And the only reason it became an issue is because, you know, uh, like a year later, they, Iris said they were getting a pet and I was like, you know, y'all got a pet. Wait, wait hang on now. Continuity. What, what's going on? <laughs> what, what happened here? Well, speaking of responsibilities, what about, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, and the same Joe, thing, by the way, same thing, by the way, with Linda Park. She's from Earth 2. She's on our Earth. It was never addressed. She was a character that was established. And then she just literally disappeared. Literally disappeared. <laughs> never literally. to be seen again. Yeah. Yes. So that that's happened. That's out there. Uh, she is. And so I, those <laughs> are the kind of characters that I feel like Gideon was one as well. Gideon obviously was a substantial like plot point that was kind of, you know, um, uh, no oh yeah be- by the way here's gideon again <laughs> that's that's yeah. kind of how that happened yeah exactly a bit but i mean again they, so they closed the loop there I'm, I'm gonna give them that i'm gonna give them that let me ask you this one because i don't know that this one's necessarily on the same caliber what about uh the black flash the dark uh, racer the flash of death i don't know i mean i feel like that was kind of addressed right with uh with legends the- of tomorrow yeah like legends kind of touched on that a, a really good bit and they had a good uh interesting I don't know if there was closure per se, but uh, we did get to see him again and he did kind of like take on Eobard. Yeah. All right. All right. Fair enough. Well, maybe, maybe he was kind of a setup there for, for the other show, man. I love setting up other shows. Like for example, our guest that we're about to have here is our first caller in uh, coming in from the arrow squad. Ladies and gentlemen, Cammy, welcome to flash TV talks. Grandma Esther's eggnog induced Christmas call and extravaganza. How you doing tonight? I am so excited to be here and not just because you listed eggnog as part of the title. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, 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 have, we have to uh, break out the eggnog in honor of uh, Grandma Esther West every single chance that we get. Um, but <laughs> hey, so big year for, uh, for Team Arrow. Uh, how, how have y'all been doing? Have you been coping okay? Do you have kind of a, did you have a funeral session or anything of that nature for, uh, for, for Ollie post-mortem? Oh, good. We barely had a chance to break out the extra brandy <laughs> right. that eggnog before he came back to life. But that's a good thing. We <laughs> really want a death scene at like Sunday night on Supergirl for Arrow? Yeah. Probably not. Okay. So this was something that I saw a lot of discussion about. There was some feedback in the Arrow community feeling like, you know, that epic death that they've been building to all season, uh, getting paid off. I mean, arguably, unless he dies again, which I doubt, but it is possible. Uh, arguably that that was his death and it happened on Supergirl instead of Arrow. I mean, that just wasn't good enough. We're going to have to kill him again, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> but he's Spectre now. Can can you kill the Spectre? I, I mean, I personally probably can't, but I feel like there's <laughs> probably someone somewhere in that concert who can. My money's on Batwoman, probably. Right, oh, yeah. Right. She, uh, you prep, you know, infinite prep time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just wondering think, if there's like a specter arrow that he's got, you know, some sort of like, like, you know, God punch, like not, not a punching bag or a, uh, uh, a what was the, uh, the punching bag arrow? What was it? Yeah, it's a punching bag arrow, right? It yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's like a, you know, some sort of god arrow type deal that he's able to shoot. <laughs> I mean, whatever worked on the or on the monitor, I mean, seems to be good enough. So you just mix that with some specter powers and he should be uh, he should be solid. Yeah, I mean, the monitor's got to be the biggest bad we have, right? If he's the last one, that's how comic books work. So you got to <laughs> break out the biggest, baddest arrow, which apparently on arrow is a boxing glove arrow. Maybe glowing go. though this time. There you go. I love it. The holy boxing glove arrow. I think that'd be amazing. (laughs) 
All right. So, so what did you think about the Spectre? Is this something that you saw coming, him being selected to be the new Spectre? I, I actually really enjoy it. And I, I know that it's kind of I, I, several people were complaining about Spectre being a bit of a deep cut and it's not as well known of a, you know, comic book reference. It's not, it, it's not cool on paper per se, mm-hmm. but I think it fits the show really well. Oliver has kind of transitioned so much over the last few seasons in terms of what his, I guess, main value is that it would almost feel reductive to just put him as, you know, the paragon of courage or the paragon of love. Can you imagine Oliver being the paragon of love? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) They can't really reduce him down to one word that well. So I feel like this specter concept is a good send out because even if he's not dying, the show's ending. So it's kind of like he's dying. It's true. I mean, when you, when you look at the crossover episodes that they've done in the past, I mean, Oliver, aside from, you know, being kind of credited as the first, I mean, he really does bring something to the team and being that tactical leader that really nobody else has even been. You know, there was speculation that maybe Batwoman might end up being that character, but I mean, she's really more of a Wolverine than a Cyclops. You know, she's really more of kind of a, a loner uh, in, that, in that setting. So it almost seems like Sarah Lance has kind of become the de facto tactician Um, But I was thinking about it as we were entering into the final episode, or at least the last episode that we saw of Crisis, is that that's a void that is felt. I mean, as everybody's like literally scrambling all over the place, nobody's in charge. (laughs) Oliver is gone. Yeah. They're, they're needing a new leader. And I, I, that's weird that you mentioned Batwoman being the new leader because that's the vibe I got as soon as she joined at the beginning of the crossover. But it didn't really go that direction. And it kind of seems like there's little bits and pieces of Oliver being the leader that have fallen to each of them, right? So mm. Sarah's kind of the common sense part. Batwoman is kind of this, you know, the, the streetwise part. Kara kind of has a bit of his self-sacrificing type of thing. Barry doesn't have too much of Oliver, but he did do the sacrifice. You know, there's just bits and pieces of it across all of them, which is the exact concept behind him being the Spectre. So, Um, No, that's a really good take, too, that like so many of the other heroes really do kind of have... Uh, bits and pieces of what Oliver was. And you're right, Flash uh, Flash was almost like Flash and, and Arrow and Oliver and Barry were really kind of balances to each other. They were almost like a yin and a yang that really fit perfectly uh, from that standpoint. It'll be interesting to see in a post-Oliver world, assuming that's where we're going, uh, what Barry really ends up becoming, especially in the the future crossover episodes. But let me tell you, let me ask you about this. So, um, of course, you know, we did get the reveal. Uh, he was... Uh, in purgatory, uh, literal literal purgatory, he got uh, sent back or, or up or wherever to go and become the new Spectre. So his power level is definitely kind of getting a pretty significant increase for whatever the final battle will be. Um, do you, like, as we stand, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, we've got the this episode of Arrow, and then we've got one more of the uh, primary main uh, long-running Arrow series. Is that correct? Actually, two more. I'm gesturing. I don't think anybody's even watching the video because we're only recording audio. Two more episodes. Okay. Okay. I, I had my hands held up as two. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we saw it, but, but no one else did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's, there's two more episodes after the crossover, which makes it kind of interesting because if he does you know, die or depart or whatever within the crossover, we'll have two episodes of Arrow that are entirely Oliver free. So that'll be interesting. Well, I mean, there's always flashbacks, right? I mean, that's, uh, that's been, you know, par for the course with, with Arrow. Is it possible they could do something like that? 
Yeah, I mean, I think they'll do flashbacks. I'm not sure they'll truly kill Oliver in the literal sense. I think he will go off to another dimension, similar to what they did with Felicity when she left, where it was like, Mm. okay, she's gone, but if she ever wanted to come back, we can kind of explain it away. And that's exactly what they're doing in the finale. And ultimately, they've already had pre-crossover on Arrow, these symbolic scenes where he's essentially passing down the green arrow mantle to Mia. So the final two episodes may be Oliver free, but they're not technically green arrow free. Mm-hmm. There's that. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. I mean, you know, Mia has been uh, kind of a breakout character, obviously that uh, she's got a bright future ahead of her. Uh, where, where do you feel like, uh, you know, how do you, did you see the blending of the two timelines of the kid, the kids actually coming into the present? Yeah, I was thrilled they did that. Because as much as I like the flash forward, that was really disrupting the, mm. the flow of the episode. I, I think they fit really well in present day. I, I'm pretty certain they've made it clear that the spinoff, if they do you know, the spinoff as is planned, it will actually be set in 2040. So we better really like these three kids because they're going to be the main ones. If we have any other original Arrow characters around, they'll be, how should I put this? Old. <laughs> well, but at the same time, you know, we've, we've actually speculated that, you know, if, if they do uh, go that route where the kids are, you know, their series is going to be taking place in the future. You know, we, we do have time travelers. We, we actually have multiple time travelers if you consider the legends as well. So there's the crossover next year may actually take place 40 years into the future. That would be great. And then everyone could be like time traveling and having some sort of midlife crisis over suddenly being... <laughs> 47 or something, whatever it would be. That'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. Take Flashpoint to a whole nother level. Barry just kind of being driven by midlife crisis just changes the timeline. Just like over the hill birthday parties. Oh, I love it. Well, so let let me ask you this. So with this big, uh, you know, switch coming, of course, the kids getting their own show, um, but kind of maintaining that green arrow mantle. uh, What's the future of the Arrow Squad look like? We're going to continue tracking our new Team Arrow squad of 2040. So any spinoff they're doing, we're going to be covering that. It wasn't really clear to us what the spinoff would be like. So there was kind of this theory that it was going to be a Canary-centric spinoff. And I wasn't super sure about that, but I was willing to come on board. Well, once we got wind that this really is going to center around Mia Smoke as Green Arrow and her, you know, kind of legion of canaries or whatever, I'm a little more on board with that idea. Yeah, but I'll be there regardless. All right. Well, good deal. We will look forward to uh, tuning in for that as well. Uh, so uh, the Aero Squad, where can folks find your show and, uh, and download it? AeroSquad.com. It'll take you to the Golden Spiral Media landing page where you can come chat with us, listen to whatever we're ranting about regarding Arrow, And we also have a Facebook page, which is pretty active as well. All right, Cammy. thanks so much for joining us for uh, Grandma Esther's eggnog-induced Christmas calling extravaganza. Be sure to pour yourself a little extra, extra bourbon in that eggnog too. Thank you. I will do so. Thanks for having me. All right, Gabby. Thanks so much. Thank you. Well, Bellman, the, uh, the, the, arrow, uh, uh, the future of Arrow does look bright, assuming, of course, that we have a future at all to look forward to. You know, that's the funny thing about uh, all of this is that on The Flash, we, we've been leading up for the crisis since episode one, and we've seen how actions in the present can impact the future. But on Legends, y'all have actually gone to the future into various alternate futures. You even referenced that uh, some of the characters that we saw, including the elder uh, Oliver Queen, was actually from an alternate, not necessarily even an alternate future, but specifically an alternate Earth. Was that explained on Arrow, or rather on Legends of Tomorrow? This is really interesting, right? Because this is one of those things where uh, I had always assumed on Legends, and I believe this is a common viewpoint, is that 
in Legends, they always dealt with timelines on Earth One. And when, you know, we went to 2042, because that's, that's, that's the thing that's, that's interesting, or 2040. 2040X. Yes, sometime in the future. It's fine. Yes, sometime in the future, right? So, like, there's this whole thing where, like, you know, it's this post-apocalyptic world. Uh, in fact, the, the, the last season of, of Legends dealt highly with that and, and, you know, that, you know, Neuron was trying to make it uh, so that people would be, would be scared of metas and magical creatures and things like this so he could invoke this kind of thing. Mm. And they defeated that, uh, which caused one of our characters, Zari, to all of a sudden turn into her brother because in that timeline, her brother wasn't killed. Right. And so her brother Implying had that the, the time and, and they, was she, I, yeah, I think I've asked you this before, but it always kind of throws me off. Was she in the wave rider at the time that she was changed? No, no, no. She was, uh, this, this is like, they're at the, the, um, uh, Haywood world or Haywood okay. world. So she was on world. Okay. Cause the yeah, idea, she, she if was, I'm not mistaken, is that on the wave rider, you should be protected by the changes of the timeline. Yes. Uh, so yeah, basically it's like, they're, they're kind of insulated from it when they're in the time stream. But, uh, you know, when things solidify, they solidify. And she was there uh, with Nate, you know, with the team basically uh, at, at the end of that. And so, and I might be, I might be confusing some timelines here, but I'm trying to, to get this straight. But Zarya's timeline in the future uh, is the one that led to Oliver's timeline where everything was dark, where they went to go see, um, uh, uh, you know, future Ollie. And they, well, they uh, we actually saw Connor, right? And uh, yeah, and we, and we saw Connor. Uh, and then I'll, I'll, I, I, that's the thing is this was before Mia was introduced, I believe. Uh, so Connor was a thing and then Mia was a thing. And then, well, but Connor has now become that version of that character has now been kind of pseudo retconned to be, what was it? The son of, uh, of the tiger or gold, gold tiger or whatever the guy's name is with the claws and, uh, but adopted by Diggle. Gotcha. I mean, I could be totally wrong here. It's, it's outside of our wheelhouse. So yeah. I, I just, I, I, yeah. And, and so, and that, that's what, that's, what's weird about it. Right. Is that like when, um, when Sarah said, Oh, I guess we not only traveled in time, but to another earth, that was just a, a, a one liner kind of thing, but it's they, has huge implications, right? Absolutely. It's g- ginormous implications. I was like, wait, hold on a second. What? No, 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 no. Like that's, that's, that's never been a thing where they go across world except for in crossovers. Well, and um, on top of that, we know it's not like there's only one wave rider that exists. We know there are multiple wave riders on multiple earths. In fact, the wave rider that we spend most of our time with is from another earth with another heat wave. And he is bumming around with an AI version a freaking Captain Cold. Now, man, we never got a chance to really talk about this on the crisis uh, at the at the house party at the crisis live show. Um, but man, no, Leo making a comeback here with uh, the Captain Cold AI. What were your thoughts on that? Oh, uh, that was super cool. It's it's so nice uh, to see Leonard back, uh, and uh, you know Wentworth uh, Miller played an excellent uh, uh, Leonard Snart and Captain Cold. And just, you know, iconic performance on The Flash and on Legends. Uh, you know, his, his character's growth on there is really, really great. We got some intense scenes with him and Michael Ironsides. Uh, Ironside? Michael Ironside? Or sides? Anyway, uh, you know, because Michael Ironside played his father. And so, you know, there, there's, some, there's some really great, uh, uh, you know, character development there with him. And then, you know, he died, and uh, which was which was sad for me for two things. One, I had really grown to like his character I loved him, on man. legends. And, and, and I was sad when he left flash because he's, you know, he's like flash's greatest. He's villain. one of the bigs, man. He's like, yeah. one of, I mean, like, you know, you got reverse flash and, and you got captain cold. They're two 
you know, <laughs> they're, they're two very different rogues that present two very different challenges. But I think having that, you know, that human tactician as a foil to Oliver is, is so crucial to like that, the, to the hero's development. Um, yeah. And so I hate that we lost him. Yeah. And, and so, you know, when he went to like, when we lost him on flash, I was sad, but when we got him on legends, I was happy because uh, you know, I loved Wentworth, Wentworth Miller's uh, captain cold. And then we lost him on legends, you know, it's a double sad because like, this is a thing where, you know, he's not coming back. Like right. the, the way they wrote that story, he's not coming back. And so I, I had, you know, fully expected to never hear Wentworth uh, Miller, Wentworth Miller's voice again. And to hear him as the AI on the wave rider of earth, <laughs> Uh, was great because it, <laughs> like it's just, it's just the way he's like you know uh, just just riding Mick and and oh man it, it was it was wonderful it was such a surprise because it was funny because like you know when they when they go to the wave rider to try to take it and like I'm sitting hearing that voice I'm like that voice sounds so familiar and it's like this is Leo and I was like wait wait what no way I was like this is awesome like this is this is freaking Leonard Snart as an AI on a wave rider with with Mick <laughs> as the only other person and that was it was just beautiful and I loved it all right man yeah no, I'm, I'm I'm right there with you and it was uh it was great to see now you know uh, given the fact that of course uh um you know Captain Cold being an OG Flash character um man it was uh you know I, I hate that we weren't able to uh to discuss it more at the uh at the actual uh house party but man I no. uh, We've got some great tales from the house party we'll be getting into in just a minute. But first, we've got our next caller in. Ladies and gentlemen, the doctor himself, uh, Dave Allen, joining us right now. Dave, man, welcome to the show. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Going it well, going brother. Fantastic. Good. I'm just glad the mic's working. It's the first time I've used this mic, so. No, you sound absolutely great, man. It's uh, cool. We, uh, you know, from, uh, from our vantage point, we're able to see your Kylo Ren holding up a, uh, a corn cob pipe. So that's... <laughs> you like that? That seems pretty far for the course right there, man. For a second there, I thought it was like a Mjolnir thing. And I was like, <laughs> that's, that's like overpowered. Come on, man. <laughs> actually. So, uh, so man, uh, happy, uh, happy Grandma Esther's. Uh, are you thank enjoying you, you. a little bit of the, uh, the nog or the bourbon this evening? No, I'm home alone with the kids. I really can't partake. Well, that's, that's when you go the double shot, man. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I will partake for you. So you I will take it. Everybody take another, another shot for, uh, for the doctor, man. Um, so uh, the crisis, uh, what, are, what are some of your thoughts? Oh, wow. The crisis. It's just insane. I, I honestly didn't see them going the way they did with Nash until the very last minute. Like the episode yeah. before, I went, oh my gosh, they are going to do it that way. I was wondering if through, through the whole thing, if they were going to bring in somebody else to do, uh, well, Tom Cavanaugh, of course, but another Wells. To be pariah, like, like yeah. instead of Nash being pariah, like another Wells to be pariah? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. I had thought about something like that as well. That was really interesting how they kind of like, you know, kept that sort of secret in. And we all thought he was going to the monitor's hideout. And then it turns out that it wasn't the monitor's hideout. Like, that, was, that was really, really cool. Yeah, that's when it when it clicked in. I'm going right, right there, right where he was doing that. Going, oh, okay, this is the Andy monitor. It's not the monitor. He's going to be pariah. He's going to touch it off. And I'm I'm coming from the background of not being a comic book fan very much. I got very limited comic knowledge, so it 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 was it was it was real shock for me. And the way things are working with uh, with crossover, yeah, it does confuse me a little bit. But for the most part, I'm able to follow what's going on. Yeah. You know, that's good to hear because, you know, as Cammy mentioned uh, earlier with uh, the Spectre being kind of a deep cut from the comics, you know, it's easy. I mean, throughout this entire crossover event for a lot of people to get really confused <laughs> or mm -hmm. just lost in all of the, the minutia and the deep cuts that are, are heading left and right. You know, Pariah in particular, I, I think that 
you know, the, the choice to make a Harrison Wells pariah, I think, is a good creative choice because it allows you to do, uh, you know, to kind of skip some steps in establishing a character. However, I think they skipped a few too many skips. I still feel like, um, you know, Nash slash pariah, uh, his entire lack of character development is really felt now in as much as it was in the early season of The Flash. Like, we never really got a sense of who this character is. And even now, um, you know, I, I, we can kind of, I guess we can kind of piece together that he is able to cast them out mm-hmm. of the universe because his powers are somehow connected to the anti-monitor, but it's still very nebulous. You know what I mean? Like both oh, yeah. and Harbinger never really got a full explanation of their powers or, or what is even going on with them. Yeah. I, uh, I knew, uh, just because, to be to be honest, and I know you already know this, Bo, but for everybody who's listening live right now, I do my own podcast, Flashwise, with uh, another another guy named Greg, and he uh, is the comic book guy. So he had to explain some of this stuff to me the last time we got together and recorded. So it, uh, I got an education on Harbinger, and I, I could see where the where everything was lining up from the comic books. But it, you're, you're right, like for somebody like me who comes in with no comic book uh, explanations or anything behind me. Where, where Pariah's powers all of a sudden came from, like, totally lost. Deep cut on, on the Spectre, totally lost. Absolutely. That was, <laughs> those were the two things that got me the most. But I must say, and I'm sure this has probably been talked about already because I was putting the kids to bed. I just jumped in, like, maybe about 10 minutes ago to the broadcast. But uh, John Wesley Ship, the 90s Flash. I was Man. with you on that bow, like, from almost the same, at the, almost the same time. <laughs> Man, yeah, and what a beautiful way to send this character off. You know, I was, oh, yeah. I was thinking about it, and this is true of a lot of what happened, given that, you know, the anti-monitor was successful, that everybody was wiped out, was everybody's sacrifice completely in vain? Um, and, and Wesley Ship is interesting because his was the one that bothered me the most at first, but then I realized it was not in vain because he was able to save the Earth a little bit longer that contained mm-hmm. the Terragons, and if, if it had come through, the Paragons wouldn't have lived to be able to be you know, cast to the vanishing point. On the flip side right. of that, though, Oliver's sacrifice does now feel very, very in vain because yeah. all the people that he died to save ended up dying of the same cause anyway. Um, and so, I mean, it served to get him to that next level in terms of getting him to become the, the specter. But I don't know. What do you guys think? Was, was Oliver's death in vain? I think it'll come down to we'll have to wait and see what's going on on January 14th when the, I think they're doing both, uh, both the last two hours on the same day. If I got the schedule right, I'm not sure, 100% sure. But uh, I think it'll come down to that, whether Oliver's sacrifice ended up being in vain or not. Because the way they, they, they played it out to me when they, they did their, their cutaway, uh, they were right, after, right before they went to Kevin Smith last week, they, uh, it looked like there was going to be Oliver playing some sort of part as Spectre during the crisis. So uh, that's where I'm at with it. It's a wait and see game. It would, it would seem to be the case. You know, the fact that he does not exist in, you know, he exists outside of, I guess, time and space, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I think what was the explanation we got with Lucifer was kind of, there's one, one devil, despite the, the multiverse, there's only one Lucifer. There's only one heaven. There's only one hell. So from that standpoint, Oliver has been removed and kind of, attached to the more celestial level of existence. So he's spared and therefore able to contribute to whatever it is that the, you know, team Paragon is going to go off and, and go do. 
So it'll be interesting to see how that all falls out. Um, next season, man, since, uh, you know, you know with, with the crisis kind of uh, rushing to a close in, in the coming weeks, uh, what, do you, what do you foresee as kind of the, the future of the season, of the Flash? Well, there's, there's a couple things. You, were, you guys were talking about a little bit about the, uh, the characters that, that uh, haven't uh, had their loose ends tied up yet, uh, just as I was getting on. Bell was about to mention Joe's, Joe and Cecile's baby. That's something that I've, I've been worrying about. That oh, kid's that what, one, like, yes. Two years, yes. Now? <laughs> two years old now when we haven't seen the kid? Yeah, no, the two-year-old is he's being cared for by uh, naked Linda Park and the turtle. Like they're all <laughs> well, so 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 union, union rates for two-year-olds are astronomical. So you know, <laughs> you know the, the, the contracts on hiring a two-year-old actor, it's just it's 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 insane. And so like you know, sure, I'll I'll give them that. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, with all this stuff going on, like we see Cecile, we see Joe, like there's another character, right? A nanny. Who's the nanny? Linda Park. <laughs> I told you. It's okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be amazing. If <laughs> at one point they reintroduce her as like, they hired earth to Linda Park as the, the childcare for the baby. Uh, and in the background of the room, you just see the, the, the vase with the turtle. In it. <laughs> well, yeah. So, so that's what it is, right? Like they're, they're looking at the baby camera to check on, uh, to check on the baby while they're out, you know, at star labs and the baby's just sitting there like floating, bobbing up and down because Linda Park's like holding the baby and she's invisible. So the baby just looks like he's, <laughs> I mean, no, she'd have to put on clothes at that point. I mean, like, come on, if you're going to be doing childcare, come on. I don't know. No. Babies have magical powers. They can like, you know, maybe they can see invisible people. I don't know. I, nah, she's got to put on some clothes. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, so Dave, uh, man, any other any other thoughts from this season thus far? Yeah, on the, on the more serious uh, continuing note, um, again, I don't know if this was mentioned before, but uh, they do have four Godspeeds locked up in the pipeline yeah. once everything settles down. I think that would be the most likely place they're going. And after oh, the yeah. fiasco of how he was used, what was it last season or the season before? Doesn't matter. They need to need need to concentrate on that character specifically because I remember the outlash or the backlash on out, online from how that character was used and and even me as a non comic book no don't know anything about the history of the character and they're going okay we got this great speedster here beautiful costume and this is all you're giving us so yeah, I yeah. really want to see them reuse him on the back half yeah and I think there's absolutely potential for that um, you know it, it's the fact that he was not mentioned since the the first episode this yeah. season almost kind of to me makes me think that we're probably not going to get a resolution of that storyline until next season. Um, and I'd be happy with that too. Yeah, I mean, we've just gotten so much more, you know, uh, talk on Black Hole. Now it's possible that you know he could be connected to Black Hole. He could be the you know the the source behind that organization. We could find out that this Meta Ring is actually being operated by uh, a Meta himself. So. Um, they could take it in a lot of different ways, but I hear you. That is definitely a character that I too am, am hoping that we get the chance to, to see in full, but I, I, my expectations are probably that we're just not going to see that this season. I could be wrong, but I just, I don't think, I think that's a, I think that is a, uh, an Easter egg, a, a, um, you know, a little clue, a little something for, to look forward to, uh, next season. The other thing too, man, is after crisis, it's going to be a hard act to follow. So oh, yeah. Yeah. You, know, you got to wonder yeah. if, if they, uh, if they really want to use that as their moment to try to make Godspeed work or not, <laughs> who knows? Well, Dave, man, uh, like you mentioned, you got a couple of podcast projects. How can folks find you and the things that you're working on? Okay. So as far as me, you can always find me on Twitter. I'm at DR Allen 201. That's really where the name of the doctor comes from. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the show I mentioned, the Flash one, is called Out of the Speed Force. Myself and my partner, Greg, uh, we do that w weekly. 
Uh, we just had our last one for the crisis go out on Monday. So you can find that on uh, Apple, Google, you know, all the, all the, they're, it's there on the, all of them. Just go out and look for it. Next week, we're actually going to do, uh, if anyone's interested in listening, since I'm on it, we're going to do a Arrow retrospective and then talk a little bit about the Arrow, just to get a little bit more content out over the holidays. And Bo actually was a guest of mine on another show I do called Weeknight Smoke. It's out there on Google and Spotify right now. Apple is taking time to pick it up for some reason, but that's out there as well. That's uh, and the the Twitter for those is at Weeknight Smoke for that one and at Barry V. Eobard for Out of the Speed Force. All right, Dr. Allen. Thanks so much for joining, brother. And thank you so much for, uh, for supporting the show as well, man. We, we, uh, we really appreciate you. Yep, not a problem. Thanks, guys. All right, man. Talk to you soon. All right. So, man, we've got, we've got a lot to look forward to. You know, um, man, I, I, I got I to make mention of something. I, I love that the, the show is called Out of the Speed Force because uh, just recently I was having a, a, a conversation with a, a group of folks that, uh, that didn't quite understand what the Speed Force was. And, and you know what? I, I think it's probably best if you just kind of uh, heard it yourself. And that's going to lead us to this year's Kid Flash TV Talk. Kid Flash TV Talk 2019. Time to check on in. So, what is y'all's favorite superhero television show? Superhero Girls. Yeah, Superhero Girls. Who's your favorite? My favorite character is Wonder Woman. Green Lantern. Oh, Green Lantern, huh? You, you like the Green Lantern ring? Yeah. You know, to get the Green Lantern ring, to be a Green Lantern, you have to be fearless. Are you fearless? Yeah, I am. You're, you're very fearless. That's right. What about the Flash? Do y'all like the Flash? Yeah, I like Wonder Woman instead of the Flash. <laughs> you like Wonder Woman instead of the Flash. Uh, all right, so the Flash, you know, superpowers running really fast. You know a little something about that, right? Yeah. Are y'all really fast? Yeah. Yeah. Who's the fastest? Me. I knew it. I know that. Because because, because I'm younger. Oh, yeah? And we race. And you race? And y'all race around the house? Well, at our old house, and also I have longer... I have bigger feet. You have bigger feet. And I have smaller feet. Oh, okay. Well, if you had the speed force, then it doesn't matter how big or small you are. Do you know what the speed force is? No. No. The speed force is what gives the Flash's powers. It's like lightning. Could you know how lightning sounds? Boom! Boom! Wow. Okay, wow. Very loud. (laughs) Yeah. What are you asking Santa for this year? Candyland. The kids' monopoly. Kids' monopoly? Monopoly Junior? Yeah. That's some classic games right there. All right, do you have a message for everybody? Merry Christmas and Holly. Happy Holidays from Flash TV Talk. Red and yellow, red and yellow. Red and yellow, red and yellow. Flash TV Talk. Flash TV Talk. I love those Kid Flash segments. They're always brilliant. Aren't they fun, man? Yeah, they, uh, it's, it's great. You know, I went back and listened to some of the ones from previous years and just listened to them grow up. No, oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, got, got a little teary-eyed. Let me uh, just drink some more nog. Just a little bit more nog. Uh, man, you know, so uh, last week, we, we did something that we've never done before, and that is we had a live uh, podcast house party uh, and a watch party for the first half of Crisis. We did it in Austin, Texas. And uh, man, it was it was a blast. Um, it was 
you know, it was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, a lot, a lot of very interesting things happened in that crisis party. Like, let, let me just put it this way. The crisis house party lived up to its name in a way that you're not going to believe. But we're going to tell you about that after this next caller. Ladies and gentlemen, coming in all the way from Krypton, Mr. Frank from the Supergirl TV Talk podcast. Frank, buddy, how you doing, man? All right. It's hey, Frank. Man, how's it going? Oh, there he is. There he is. Hey. We're here. We're enjoying some. We're enjoying some bourbon, and we are. We're having a good time. How's it going, my friends? Man, we are doing very good. 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 Yeah, that is some. That is some very. Uh, um, that's how Grandma Esther likes her. That's at Grandma Esther's. Right yeah. right <laughs> no bourbon, no knock. Yeah, that's the, way I, that's the way I play. Man, well, hey, welcome to the show. Of course, uh, we just got you know got back from the uh, the, the crisis house party, as we were saying. Uh, man, we know you were there in spirit, but we also know that you guys were. Uh, doing a great job uh, posting out some live content every single night of the crisis. Um, kicking off with Supergirl, man. So a uh, big, big, uh, big moment. I think back to Supergirl's first crisis where she, her, her show didn't really ever get anything beyond Cisco popping up for two seconds. Here, some of the most major moments happened. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts with uh, Supergirl's involvement with this year's crisis? Heck yeah, man. I mean, we go from, we go from Supergirl just sort of uh, playing a bit part in, uh, in her first crossover to uh, being the Paragon of Hope. I mean, you know, look at that. Look at that transformation, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Paragon yeah. of Hope. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's cool. That's cool, man. As Paragon far as Paragons go, it's not a bad one to be, I guess. No, I mean, it's not. It's not. I mean, like, should it be Should have been Barry. Should have been Barry, man. Flash been is Barry. Like, come on. Come on, man. You know. You know. I don't know, man. Her whole thing is hope, help, and compassion for all, right? It's right there in the it's right there in the tagline. So yeah. okay, well then, then maybe she should have been the the paragon of compassion. Yeah, okay. yeah, I'll, yeah. I would. I'll hey, give her I'm, that. I'll give I'm her not that. against. The, I'm not against that. I'm, yeah. I'm not opposed to that idea. Not at all. No, she, she could be the the paragon of of. Uh, I mean, come on. Hope is Barry's thing. That was the <laughs> because it's going to be super awkward when we get to the blackest night. That's all right. I'm going to say. I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, my my whole thing though is like she has been like a symbol of hope and on her show the the entire time. You know, like that's it's <laughs> yes, very consistent. Going back to the end of season one with the the whole myriad thing, like the only reason that I mean, this is and this is kind of tenuous at best but the only reason that the that earth didn't die was because she inspired hope in everybody so all you right know. all right oh, look we've, we've grown a lot since season one so <laughs> <laughs> i mean a lot better since then. we have said i mean like you know it, it does make a lot of sense in terms of who these characters are taking you know not not looking at their comic book origins but looking at who they have been in this in this universe in this multiverse uh and you know barry uh because of the relationship especially that barry and iris have um, you know, it, it makes sense that he would really be kind of that embodiment of love. We've seen how yeah. it yeah. is, you know, it, it's not, you know, yes, Barry does inspire hope, but like, you know, his signature move is I'm going to take off my mask and, and, and love on you and nobody else will. You know what I mean? Like that's, 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 yeah, that's very true. That's very true. And, and honestly, that's, that's sort of, you know, I was, for some of these, I did feel like a, a few of them could have been sort of interchangeable for some of the characters, you know, because uh, let's, let's be honest, a lot of them represent a lot of similar things and hope and mm -hmm. love. You could, I could make an argument for Kara being the the paragon of love just as easily as I could make uh, an argument for Barry being the paragon of hope. So, like, I'm I'm with you on that. I oh see yeah, that. yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's totally a fair. I think it's fair uh, to to set them up as either one. But uh, man, I I am I am so stoked uh, with the way this crisis is going. I've been I've been rereading the original Crisis on Infinite Earths and I, and just enjoying the hell out of of what they've been doing uh, so far. Three episodes in. So I got to ask you, man, I mean, like for me, one of my like all time favorite moments, and there are, are a bunch of them, but one of my all time favorite moments was really a, a Supergirl moment. It was a Supergirl and Batwoman moment when the two had their big standoff. And, I, you know, they, 
you know, we were just talking, uh, you know, about, you know, what is the world going to look like in a post-Oliver world, especially because Barry and Oliver have kind of been that yin and yang, and they've, they've really kind of, uh, you know, like played off each other very well. And that relationship has guided things forward. Without Oliver in the picture, Barry's going to have to kind of compensate and become a new kind of fuller hero. But that relationship's no longer going to be a driving factor. To me, man, it seems like the new relationship that is going to be a, the biggest driving factor here is Batwoman and Supergirl. But, but what is your take on uh, you know, the dynamic established, or at least furthered, in this crossover? Yeah, that, that's a- absolutely. And, and uh, I, I was just catching up earlier this week on the, uh, the Kevin Smith after show, uh, after talk. And, uh, and uh, Mark Guggenheim did sort of confirm something of that nature, that, that the way that they're moving forward uh, Kara and uh, uh, well, Supergirl and Batwoman. Let's put it that way. Uh, will be will be the the new sort of version of the relationship between Flash and and Green Arrow, um, which I'm all on board for. I'm all on board for because I love the Kate and Kara relationship. I love their dynamic. Um, I mean, I, I was live tweeting uh, each episode of, of the of the crossover so far and just really really gushing about how much I love yeah. the way that they the the, the chemistry that they have. Um, so I'm, I'm all for that. I'm all for it. I'm, I'm excited that that's something that they are seriously talking about doing and I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm absolutely here for it. I think that they are, it's such a classic, you know, world's finest kind of pairing. I'm so happy to see that. It's almost like, I mean, if you think about Oliver and Barry, they, they, their dynamic, I mean, their first crossover, I believe was even called world's finest. There's a, there's a, there's almost like an echoing or a precursor or, or something. There's a, there's a, spiritual tie to the dynamic between Superman and Batwoman. There's an echo through the multiverse. Yeah, right? exactly. That, there's a ripple of, of, of uh, antimatter rapes through the universe yeah. that, that, I mean, that like, make this, yeah, make it they, feel right. They are their own characters, but at the same time, you can kind of see the parallels. And so with this move, with Supergirl and Batwoman's dynamic really kind of taking that next step, you can almost see kind of a building upon that, a more true building upon that with Batwoman and Supergirl being kind of part of those specific families of which the, that dynamic really kind of uh, comes from. And, you know, yeah, again, two very different characters, right? Like, you know, Supergirl is not Superman. Batwoman is not Batman. Uh, so they are their own characters. But again, we're kind of echoing back that world's finest uh, uh, dynamic and relationship. So I'm, I'm here for it, man. I think it's going to be uh, uh, exciting to see how that all plays out. Although I hope... Because, you know, up until now, I feel like the one, the, the crossover that always made the most fun in terms of two characters interacting is the super siblings, right? Is, is Barry and Kara getting together and, uh, you know, and, and singing and dancing and, and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. And like, Kate's kind of pushing in on, uh, on that territory. That's all I'm saying. Well, yeah, she isn't. She isn't, right? Because, like, Kara's the one being like, we're friends. And Kate's being like, okay, whatever. I don't know. Stop. I don't want to put labels on it. Um, <laughs> You know, and I think and, I know. Uh, I think I do think they have great chemistry, though. They I don't have mean, ro- not not romantic do. chemistry, but I mean, I'm just you can just see that they really play off each other well. And like, look, your girl, Supergirl, she's got chemistry with everybody. I have yet yeah. to see her get you know, like she could just really pair up with almost any of these heroes, and uh, and have a spinoff or a, a team up series for That's sure. That's true. That's true. But I mean, you know, it's it's there's no denying that. Uh, the way Kara and Barry, uh, their their sort of sibling relationship is really something adorable and fun and special and always a blast. No. Uh, so I, I hope there's going to be more of that. There is talk of heading into 2020, there being less uh, less emphasis on one big crossover 
at the end mm. of the year and, and more sort of little crossovers where certain characters will sort of visit each other in each other's shows, but it may not be as, as big a banner year. I mean, how do you, how do you outdo crisis, right? You got to yeah. take a year off. Um, so, so I'm, I'm very hopeful that they will, we'll get another Cara Barry episode on, on one or both of their shows. Yeah. Well, all right. So two more questions before we let you go, man. The, the first one is in order for that to happen, uh, in order really to further the relationship and the dynamic between Batwoman and Supergirl, I mean, you know, we, we can't keep doing this, you know, my earth, your earth. I mean, like there needs to be kind of a, a, a coming together of the earths, right? So, yeah. you know, we only saw in all of this, we only saw one earth evacuate to earth one and that was Supergirl's earth. So what do you think the future is here? Do you think that by the time this is all said and done, uh, you know, cars living down the street from Star Labs? God, I hope so. I, I really do <laughs> hope so. I, I, I think, here's what I think. Um, I think we saw in the uh, opening of episode one and, and throughout, we saw lots of different, lots of different Earths. Um, you know, obviously, we saw all those cameos. Um, that's been talked about. But the thing that I, I think we're going to end up with is a universe for and an Earth for each, uh, for each different sort of real world DC universe, right? So, that, so the, the, DC Universe app shows will have one Earth, and the movie, the DCEU movies will have another Earth, and the Arrowverse will have one Earth. I think, I think that's we're going to see something more like that. I doubt we're going to get just one, because how else do you explain Titans appearing and, and um, you know, the reference to the 89 Bat- Batman and stuff like that? I feel like that's not all going to get collapsed into one like it did in the original Crisis on Infinite Earths. I think we'll have like a handful of Earths left or maybe 52 Earths left. Um, to uh, call a number very, right, very, right. very uh, significant to DC Comics. So I think we'll have something like that where instead of infinite, it gets culled down to just a few. That's good. All right. So last question, man. You know, I can't have you on here uh, being the, the, uh, the super fan that you are. Um, you know, we got a return to Smallville. We, we did not forget Smallville. We came back. We returned to Smallville. And uh, in it, we, we got a return of, of you know, I mean, I, I want to say the OG, but I mean, let's be honest. He's not the OG. There's been several OGs. Sure. But I would argue in terms of, you know, still in his prime, uh, you know, that, that kind of, you know, pivotal Superman, pivotal Clark Kent uh, in Tom Welling, um, no flights and no tights. How, what are your thoughts in this portrayal of, uh, the Smallville's uh, Clark Kent. Not, no surprise here. Right. Um, that, <laughs> that man will never put on the suit. God, I love him. Uh, but he will never put that suit on. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's obviously a bit of a bummer that he put, didn't put on the suit. But I, I actually feel like the commentary online has been super negative um, mm. from, from Smallville fans in particular. Yeah. And, and I was just happy it happened. Like, don't, don't be sad for what we didn't get. Be happy for what we did get. You know, exactly. and, and that's, yeah. that's been my point of view. It's, it was so cool and so fun to, to see him come back, to see him uh, in that role again. Even the banter with John Cryer's Lex um, was, was just filled my, you know, geeky heart with, with joy. You know, having oh, yeah. these chats. That was so, that was <laughs> yes, just, yes. That was just fun, man. And, and uh, did it go, listen, here's what I've been saying to all my friends who've asked this question. Did it go exactly the way I would have written it? No. But am I glad that we got this rather than not getting it? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And if it bothers you, if it feels like it's not part of your canon, fine. Leave it out of your head, canon. That's fine. Totally cool. But I loved it. I loved seeing him and Erica back on screen as Lois and Clark again. And I hope it's not the last time we ever see them fill those roles. Oh, it's likewise, man. And you know, the, the thing too is I, I'm, I'm a little surprised as well. I mean, kind of surprised by the backlash. I mean, there's, 
you know, Smallville fans have always had kind of their, their um, uh, uh, camps, right? Like there's always been various uh, groups within the Smallville fandom for sure. But at the same time, you know, for those, like, I think some people walked away from this thinking, okay, well, then he was only Superman for, you know, a couple of years and then he will, he'll never be Superman again. And we like, that's not accurate. We know that at some point he's going to get his powers back because we've seen it. We saw it in Smallville. He, we've seen his future. Um, you know, some people have kind of commented on the the sheen of his watch that perhaps he's actually rocking some blue kryptonite at the moment, uh, which might have done it. I speculated perhaps it's gold kryptonite. And so if he gets his powers back, it'll be through means that could be told in a, uh, a graphic novel of sorts. You know, the universe exists beyond Tom Welling and beyond the actors that betray it. Uh, thank God, because the actors that have betrayed a lot of those characters really can't fill those shoes anymore. Uh, and, and so very, very prison. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, but anyway, regardless, man, um, I'm right there with you. I, I really was very grateful for what we got. You know, yes, as anybody who's listening knows, I, I had high hopes for how they could potentially reintroduce him and, you know, wanting so far as kind of an into the superverse, which we kind of actually got, although it was more of an into the Luther verse, if you will. Um, but, uh, but regardless, no, I was, um, I, I was good with it too. But anyway, Frank, man, where can people uh, find Supergirl TV talk? Yeah, though, you can find you can find Supergirl TV Talk at SupergirlTVTalk.com or ThoughtBubbleAudio.com, uh, and you can find us, of course, on uh, on anywhere podcasts are found: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any Google, any anywhere you, you find your podcast. Uh, hit up Supergirl TV Talk. We did a bunch of live shows, uh, as you said, and uh, uh, we uh, we did a full crisis coverage, and we'll be uh, we'll be heading back into it in January, man, just like you guys. So thanks so much for having me on, uh, Bell Bo. Always good to talk to you guys. Happy Grandma Esther. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Uh, and, and we'll be talking to you guys uh, in January. Uh, likewise, Frank. Cheers to you, brother. We'll talk to you Cheers, soon. Cheers, bud. Cheers, guys. Take care. Thanks for coming on. Oh, man. No, this is, uh, this is great, man. This is, uh, this is awesome. We've got... Uh, we, we, we've had quite, quite an evening, man, and, and, and we still got some more, more show to go. But as I mentioned before, uh, uh, Frank joined us, man. We, we just got back from the, uh, the crisis uh, house party. And um, as I mentioned, it, it, was cri- it was definitely true to its word. Now, I need to let y'all know some things. I, we put out a couple of videos as we were getting things set up. And I get to the house. It's a very nice house. Um, we, I, I get some things set up. We had some snacks and some drinks. And I, I got things kind of uh, relatively... peppermints. I, I brought peppermints. You know, it was classic. <laughs> Classy stuff, man. We were well. Jesus I was and peppermints. No, it, yeah, it was, it was, it was excellent. Ready to host, right? And so I got that together. But then I sat down to make sure that I could find the channel because, of course, I knew we were going to be pulling off of antenna. I quote unquote knew that we were going to be pulling off of antenna, and uh, so I start searching, and uh, I can't find the channel. So I'm texting you, trying to figure out where the channel is, and I'm not finding it. And uh, I'm like, hey, where are you? And of course, you, your car just gets like implodes on itself yeah my, my car exploded and uh it was a just crazy situation with that where like i was uh in fact one of the guys my friend john who came to the crisis house party uh was basically carting me around and time frames got blown out of out of proportion we're trying to get there as early as possible and like you know Bo's freaking out and, uh, you know, I had to stop by my house, take care of my dogs, but I didn't have a car. So, you know, all this kind of stuff. I and mean, so, it was a mess. It was yeah, a mess. Yeah. And so, you know, fortunately, though, since you did have to stop by the house, you were able to get an antenna and you were able to bring it. And so with about 30 minutes to spare, we get in there and we start messing with it. And you and John, uh, through the miracle of technology, are able to get us the channel. And, and it's like, OK, we can all breathe 
a little bit easy. Um, and so we do, uh, we do a uh, kind of a pre-show, which is on the, uh, the Facebook channel. It might be down now. I think it had an expiration date. So if you missed that pre-show, uh, it's no longer there. But if you want to see the raw live footage of our, of our house party, uh, you, can, you can still head over to Facebook uh, and find that video. Um, so yeah, so we, we, we watched the episode. Uh, and very much enjoyed it. I mean, there is a certain energy that comes when you're actually watching it with a group of people, as opposed to just you know at home by yourself, right? Like, yeah, you get to hear Bo audibly exclaim, "The turtles on the book of destiny!" Right, right. I mean, like that's the thing. I was, I was quite animated. I'm not gonna lie. There was, but I was not the only one. There was some. Cheering. Oh no, no. We, yeah, there, there was, there was animation across the board for sure. It was like a Super Bowl party, right? Like, it, there was, there was a, there's a lot of good energy that was going on. Um, so we go directly from watching the episode to getting things set up and jumping on to the live show. And for those that tuned in for the live show, and I think this even, uh, well, I don't know if it made it into the podcast or not, given the way that I was in charge of editing it afterwards. Uh, <laughs> folks during the live show heard us mention, you know, we were kind of uh, doing what we do on every live show, which is, you know, putting in some audio notes for our amazing editor, Mike. And, um, you know, and I even said, you know, my apologies to Mike, both in the future and now. Because uh, obviously he was right there, and at one point I made a joke as we were getting kind of later into the episode that Mike was upset that he was scowling at us. Mike was not scowling at us. Mike was having a stroke. Yes, this is a hundred percent true. And we, I, I looked over as well, and he didn't look very happy. And I was like, "Oh man, I hope I hope I like you know because you know I I, I talked with Mike before you know you know he'd been editing the podcast for a long time. Oh, he's one of like the happiest, nicest guys you're ever gonna. Meet. I know, like, and he's yeah, and it was just like it was like a complete 180. We you know, and I was like, oh man, I hope I didn't like you know say something to like, <laughs> upset him or, or whatnot. I right, was like, right. oh, but he does not look happy right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, just a sweet, kind individual, just a wonderful, wonderful man, and and very glad to have him on the team. But so so we're we're sitting here, and um, you know, we're we're wrapping the show. And like, wait, like, um, like a minute after we hit stop uh, on the recording. So we're no longer live and I'm leaning down and uh, you know, everybody's kind of getting ready to kind of stretch, you know, cause everybody's been sitting during the, the recording and everybody's ready to get some drinks and have some fun. And uh, I get down and I'm unplugging all the cables and everything. And Mike stands over me and says, man, I'm so sorry to have to do this. I think you're going to have to rush me to the emergency room. And I look up and I see that, uh, you know, his face is, is drooping and, and oh my goodness, uh, yes, in fact, he's, he's actively having a stroke. And so let me tell you what we did because, and I'm, I'm about to tell you this story for a very specific purpose. And that is so that you will never repeat it because what we did in this situation, we were very fortunate, very yes. fortunate. And yes. so let me actually start by saying what you should do in this scenario. If you or a loved one is actively experiencing a stroke, you need to stop what you're doing, call 911, get an ambulance there immediately. Um, in hindsight, we absolutely should have done that. That's not what we did. Per uh, Mike's instructions, um, he didn't want to get an ambulance. Uh, you know, he wanted he wanted us to take him to the hospital because we were only ten minutes away. So we got uh, we loaded him up in I think uh, you know uh, your fiance's car. Uh, me and I think John actually got in the uh, in his car and we followed and. Uh, left legends in charge of the house <laughs> and, uh, and we drove to uh, the emergency room. Very fortunately, uh, we made it there in enough time uh, to get him in and get him taken care of. And so we, we spent the next several hours in uh, the ER. So the crisis house party literally became a crisis. Yeah, we, uh, we had a pre-crisis with the TV and then and, and even like did a crazy severe crisis after the crisis. Yeah, like an so, actual crisis. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, and one of the reasons, and again, I, this is why I want to reiterate this because uh, for two things, one is my wife is a doctor. And so one of the things that we talked about, like as I was calling her up while we were on the road, she was getting on to me like, like no, you, you need to call an ambulance because 
they they can go through stoplights you can't they you know they know exactly where to go you don't and so like there's there's a very very strong reason why ambulances are so crucial because when a stroke is going on every moment counts it's so yeah. very very important so uh, and even talking to uh, to the doctor uh, afterwards when when you know Mike uh, you know, he was able to get this medication. He was there for a couple of nights, but, um, but you know, the next day after the party, uh, or after the, the show and everything, I, I came and visited him in the morning and we talked to the doctor and Mike had told him that he was there for a live podcast. So we were talking to the doctor and told him about flash TV talk. And, uh, he was just, you know, really encouraging us to use this as an opportunity to just really encourage folks. You know, if, if you're experiencing this or if you're concerned that you might be experiencing a stroke, um, you know, act quickly because every single moment matters. And so, uh, very, very grateful that uh, Mike is is doing well, back on his feet, was able to drive the uh, the nine hour drive back to uh, Biloxi after the fact, and um, yeah, and we'll be editing this episode. So uh, yeah, anyway, yeah. so much love to Mike, but we asked his permission if we could share the story just because it was so crazy, and also just to to hopefully help those if you ever end up in the scenario again, so that you'll know what to do. Um, and uh, yeah, so there and, you go. And another reason why we got very lucky is because we happened to be to uh, like the closest hospital to us was the stroke center in Austin, Texas. And yeah. The, yeah. It was like the best one. I mean, yeah, it really, it, it, it like was a- the, the best uh, stroke center in like the, the tri-county area kind of thing. Like, you know, and, and so shout out to St. David's medical center on uh, 32nd street in Austin, Texas, yeah, because did a fantastic you know, job. Yeah. They, they did an excellent job. Uh, the staff there is very great. Uh, you know, they, they kept Mike comfortable uh, and they, they did a wonderful job. We got We got incredibly lucky on multiple counts, right? Cool. We picked the right hospital. Uh, we got them there fast enough and uh, the traffic was with us, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, it was late, but like, these are things you shouldn't take these kinds of gambles on. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, and it's a shame, right? Because you know, yes, it is expensive to get an ambulance, but like it's, it's your life. Not, it's, it's your, it's your life. life. Yeah. 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 And, 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 and that's the thing. It's like Mike, Mike's going to make a full recovery. And uh, if you don't get it in that window, you might not make a full recovery. And so like, yeah. you know, there's, there's that to think about. Um, well, so, I w- and I'll say this too. Um, you know, when we got back, I mean, we were there for, for several hours and we wanted to make sure that he was taken care of and that, you know, uh, he kind of knew where he was going and, and, you know, that he, it, it, fortunately, like at one point he couldn't lift his thumbs and then once, you know, once he got to be lifting his fun- thumbs again, that was very <laughs> encouraging. Yeah. Um, yeah. But once, once, you know, things were kind of settled and we had a plan for the next day and everything, uh, we went back to the house, I think around two o'clock and folks were still there. I mean, it was yeah. different. It was definitely different, different tone. <laughs> yeah. It, it wasn't exactly the, uh, the, the house party. It was right. more like the crisis party, like yeah, literally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Very true to its name. But, uh, yeah. So, um, anyway, it was, it, it was an experience that we really, uh, again, we, we wanted, we wanted to share with y'all and, and big shout out to Mike who makes every single episode of uh, flash TV talk incredible and professional. He's the reason why we can say that this is a professional podcast and, uh, and we are glad to say he will continue to do so. Um, uh, all right. So, man, we've got one more caller that'll be coming in uh, here in just a moment. But before that person uh, is able to jump on, man, let me ask you, what is what is life after a uh, crisis? Not the crisis house party, but what does life after this event look like? Um, do you think that we'll be, you know, will, will Black Hole be the primary story? Will I be wrong and Godspeed will be the, the primary story? Will Sue Dibney, will she end up being the big bad of the second half of the season? What do you think, man? <laughs> I don't, I don't think Sue Dibney will be the big bad, no. But uh, I, I kind of uh, agree with Frank there where he was talking about how we're going to have Earths for each uh, collective universe, right? Like, So the Arrowverse is going to get one Earth. Uh, Titans is going to get one Earth. Uh, you know, think, things like that. Like That's what's going to be restored. And so uh, from, from that standpoint, though, on the Flash, 
uh, specifically, like it's, it's, I don't know, because, you know, we have talked a lot about black hole. Uh, there has been a lot about Sue. So I feel like Sue is going to be a, a side plot, uh, kind of thing going on while we're, we're fighting this next big bad, whoever it may be. Sure. Uh, we had one utterance of Godspeed's name in the first episode, as you mentioned earlier, but everything else has been about black hole. And so I feel like with the suicide plot involving black hole so much, it would make sense for that to be a, um, it's weird though. Cause how do you make an organization like a big bad? Like who is the head of this organization? Well, I mean, that's the big question, right? Like you can, an organization can be interesting. Um, that you run, the, you run two risks. Like there's one of like making the organization kind of nebulous and never explained. And so it's, it's interesting because of all the theories that can surround that. But the problem is if you rely on that too heavily, eventually when you pull the curtains back, everybody's going to be disappointed <laughs> because whatever their speculation is, is going to be grander than whatever the reality is. Right. I'm guessing that when we return post-crisis, we will see um, a shadowy figure or some kind of uh, nod to whomever's in charge. It could be Eobard because Eobard hadn't even been in this crisis and he was kind of queued up to be a big deal. Well, I, I think Eobard's going to have a really big job in crisis. I don't see. I, you think on the second half? I don't, I don't, I don't know if he's going <sighs> to... I want, see, and, and, and he even said, know, see you next crisis, didn't he? Right. And, and, and we had two episodes left and I, and I really feel like, you know, if, if he's going to make it big, it's going to be in, uh, in, in those last two episodes. But like, this is a thing where, uh, you know, for, for the longest time I've been a proponent, basically like, you know, after the first, the first season where it worked so well, where I've been kind of wanting, you know, multiple, uh, multiple, multiple story arcs, uh, multiple villains uh, per season. And, you know, it's worked so well with blood work that I, I want them to finish this uh, with that, that similar kind of, you know, mentality where we're going to have these, these separate distinct storylines that we can finish and that, that don't drag on and don't have a bunch of, you know, extra filler and whatnot and stuff like that. Uh, I don't think Eobard would fit into that. I think Eobard is a season long villain. I think they mm. can make an Eobard season long villain work because it, it works so well with the first season. Granted, there's a lot of mystery involved in there as to, you know, who was Eobard and like, you know, HG Wells and all this kind of stuff. So there's that, but you know, Eobard is, is such an iconic flash villain that I, I think they can fill a season with him and, and make it not, drag like cicada you know and 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 things like that so yeah i i mean you know i mean i don't want to beat a dead horse because we i feel like we've referenced this to death at this point but you know i do feel like cicada would have worked better in you know in a in a condensed blood work type method and probably oh, absolutely I'll, I'll even say this and this is not a commentary on the actor at all but blood work probably would have eventually felt like cicada did if if given a full season you know what i mean I mean, perhaps it's, 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 uh, it just depends on how it runs because the, the biggest problems that I had with Cicada were these things where it's like there, there, there were 15 opportunities for them mm. to subdue and, uh, you know, dispose of this villain that they didn't take for whatever dumb reason that they wrote in. And, uh, I feel like if you can do it in a way where there isn't a dumb, like, you know, the, the, the whole, the whole uh, dark night kind of thing where it's like, you know, he's, he's holding, um, 
uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal out the window. Rachel, you know, he's, he's <laughs> Rachel, <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> you know, he's, he's holding her out the window, right? And it's like you know, save save the girl or or catch me kind of thing. You know, like th- those are, those are those situations. That sort but of he's work, not but a tactician. That's more of a Captain Cold type move. But I, you know, here's the, here's the situation. Like we all have our grand villains, right? Like we all have kind of like the the. You know, the, the Darth Vader to our Luke Skywalker, the, the Boba Fett to our Han Solo, the Grand Moff Tarkin to our Leia. You know, we, we need those kind of dynamics to really drive us forward. Cicada was never going to be that. And there's somebody who could probably speak more to this nature of iconic good and evil. Joining us now on the line, uh, Zach from Star Wars TV Talk. Zach, man, welcome to the, uh, the Grandma Esther's, brother. Oh, it is good to be here. I'm not enjoying Grandma Esther's. I'm enjoying uh, some... Uncle Owens. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. Yeah. It's yeah. a bit more flammable than Grandma Esther's. Well, well we I should... don't know. I don't know. Grandma Esther's is like, you know, 98.2% yeah. bourbon and like, you know. I don't know, man. Owen always looked like he bled bourbon. You know, like you cut him up. <laughs> <laughs> he's a farmer. Come on. They yeah, only yeah. drink bourbon. That's right. That was fermented blue milk. I mean, come on. He's, uh, <laughs> he's been going well, on. I, I never saw Uncle Owen drink any uh, blue milk. He was always, you know, he had his own little. He probably yeah, had a flask, you know, under the table or whatever. That's why I didn't want uh, you know the kid going to Tashi Station to get some power converters because they got Uncle Owen's like picture on the back wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, his bookies in town going like, you know, hey, your uncle owes me booze money. <laughs> right. <laughs> was it really uh, we Boba should... Fett that killed him, or was it the bootleggers? Listen, we we See, need to yeah. hang, on, hang on, guys, guys. Before we get too much deep into this, because we're making all kinds of Star Wars references. And by the time this podcast goes out, uh, The Rise of Skywalker will have uh, been available for the world to see. As, as we record this now, that is not the case. So there are no Rise of Skywalker spoilers being discussed or anything like that. And we're not even going to talk about the most recent episode of The Mandalorian. Because I haven't has, seen it yet. Oh, Bell gosh. Hasn't seen it. I know. I know. He even made an I have spoken reference earlier. And I almost, yeah. but, but I'm not because. No, that, that's a spoiler. No, it's that's not. a spoiler. Yes, no, it is. it's not. <laughs> you no, there, is a spe- there is a specific character who says that which means that something has to do with that specific character no it and- doesn't because that character only had two episodes bell i don't know what you're talking about anyway so here's the deal uh oh i hate you <laughs> sorry i was, I was choking Zach, we're, we're glad to kind of pull you uh, well beyond the multiverse into, into this crisis that, uh, that is Grandma Esther's eggnog-induced Christmas call and extravaganza. Uh, the crisis, though, the DCTV crisis, man. Any thoughts? Uh, you know, what, have, what have been your big takeaways during the crossover? Um, well, I want Wally West back, please. Oh, yes, please. But, the, you know, that's not going to happen. I mean, like, it is going to happen, but not during the crossover. Yeah, I mean, it was just so this is what I was thinking as I was going throughout the whole thing. I remember like some part of the comic books where he kind of had a part to play. And I'm not not necessarily saying it's going to be our kid Flash, but what if it's like nephew kid Flash that just pops up for a minute? Could be. I mean, I, I would argue that the way they set things up with ships Flash going out and being the one, I mean, they've almost set up Barry, our Barry to be the Wally West. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, and I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm kind of okay with it because of the way that it pays such an homage, uh, you know, in, in a world where we're getting okay boomer all over the internet, uh, this one kind of flipped that one. <laughs> this kind of flipped, flipped it on him a little bit, right? Yeah. With, uh, with the boomer being the one to, to really kind of, uh, take it, take it into overdrive. Um, but yeah, no, man, I, I, I think that, uh, Barry has kind of become the Wally in his own story. How, how do you feel about that, Zach? 
Uh, I mean, I think that's definitely accurate. I mean, you have the the callbacks to the the comics where all that's left of the '90s Flash is part of his suit, which of course is uh, I think because Wally gets like the ring or something from, mm. from someone with Barry's suit in it, and that's how he becomes the Flash. Uh, and so, I mean, there's definitely callbacks there, and then you have uh, even I think doesn't. Uh, doesn't 90s flash make a comment to our barry allen that he's the flash or something there, there was something basically like yeah you are the flash you're the guy uh so i mean yeah it's it's definitely looking that that we're gonna have uh barry allen for for the long run which was a concern for a lot of people because a lot of people were a little concerned that uh that grant may be heading out and it might be a uh, kid flash stepping in and, and taking over that mantle but i don't think we're getting that anytime soon yeah, and if uh, if you are one of those people who thought that, um, I have got a wonderful business investment that I would love for you to uh, send all your money to. Uh, <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, we we did know. We, I mean, we knew. We, we kind of knew, right? I mean, like even even when it all comes down to it, even if you weren't necessarily on board with it being ships flash that that you know checks out, we knew he was going to survive. Oh yeah, absolutely. Even so, from last year, whenever it was first teased that he was going to die and you had the whole thing going on with Oliver, like we knew at that point, like, oh, this isn't going to be Barry's send-off. I will say this. I love the way that they made the homage to the, the, the original Flash series. Um, and we're, we're about to, to kind of make an announcement uh, in, in regards to the original Flash series here in, in, uh, in a couple of minutes. But um, I love that they made that homage. I, I would have liked... And, and this was just a, there was no setup for this. It's just something that I personally wanted to see. I think, Bell, you and I have discussed this at, at length on the show. There was a hope that whoever, whichever Flash died, would ultimately become the lightning that, like, we'd see almost like a flashback to their lightning going and striking uh, Barry in the past. Either, either it being Barry, you know, striking himself, so to speak, or in this situation, Earth-90 Barry striking Grant Gustin, um, which... I feel was kind of a missed opportunity. I mean, do you think that that's something we could see in the future or, or do you think that, you know, that's just me really reaching? <laughs> I, I think you're reaching a bit, man. Yeah. I think that that would be, of course, the, the most amazing thing just to cut, you know, you see John Wesley ship, uh, you know, kind of dissolve into the speed force, whatever you want to call it. And then it, it kind of cuts to a shock where, you know, he, he gets buried in the end, but I, I don't think we're going to see that. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think that's reaching a bit. But well, hey, you never know. Out of all the cameos that we got, is there one that really stood out to you? Uh, I mean, I think the one that, that gets me, so it's not really a cameo, but it's the fact that, that Cisco gets his powers back. And um, so that part is a, is a big deal because I think that that's going to lead us back to a couple of episodes or more of Sadsko returning. Mm. So I think that's the cameo that stuck out to me with Sadsko. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Okay, about what do you think? Well, okay, so I, I going back to John Wesley Ship and and uh, him becoming the lightning that strikes Barry. Uh, yeah, I, I I agree with you, Zach. I don't think we're going to see him become you know the lightning bolt that strikes Barry and all that kind of stuff. But I do have a question on this. Uh, we uh, 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 Earth ninety Barry Allen takes Barry our Barry's speed in order to run fast enough to destroy the uh, the the anti monitor's cannon. Mm-hmm. So. Does Barry, now that he's in the vanishing point, have his speed? And if we do see 90s John Wesley ship again, will it be to grant Barry his speed back or some kind of, uh, uh, you know, another homage to the character in, in, in that regard? Or are we done and he'll just get his speed back and, and it won't be a thing how they explain how it comes back? 
I think we're, so this is what I think is going to happen. I think he's getting his speed back from the monitor. I think the monitor is going to do something that I'm not oh. necessarily on board for it. I think it's going to be super cheesy fair, but I think it's going to be a thing nor at the end, the monitor's just like, here you go, Barry. <laughs> Man, I, yeah, I don't know. Without giving I, powers like, and you get a powers and you get some powers and you get your future kids and you get some powers. Hey, exactly everyone has your a chair. role to play. <laughs> <laughs> And me, I'm just going to kick back here and uh, I can't turn my head, but just going to stand back here being useless. That's Hashtag the monitor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Well, all right. So, um, you know, overall, man, this season has really been about leading up to crisis. But, uh, you know, we were just talking about some different theories about what could come next. What would you like to see the second back half of the Flash uh, cover? Other than, of course, the return of Wally West. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's... Uh, I. I I keep wanting this every single year and I don't know when we're going to get it, but I want some killer frost, like some killer capital Mm. K killer frost, you know? Um, So maybe something happens in crisis where something goes wrong or something, an unattended consequence, which, which leads to, of course, Caitlin maybe getting pushed to the back again, but this time against her will and killer frost is the killer frost. But Man, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if we're ever going to get that. Well, what if it's a split? Like, so the reason why Killer Frost is not Killer Frost is because Caitlyn and Killer Frost share kind of like the same body, the same mind kind of thing, where if there is a, an event that split Killer Frost out from Caitlyn and they were two separate distinct entities where Caitlyn didn't influence Killer Frost anymore, uh, I could see that being something that could happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that could happen. I think that maybe uh, Caitlyn might even sacrifice herself in some way that, that kills her counterpart, and then it's just Killer Frost we get. Uh, I, I think that's just as reaching as Bo's theory, so I don't want to poo-poo on his. And then <laughs> this one. No, it's okay. We are, we, you know, listen, this is, a, this is a podcast very friendly with speculation, wild or otherwise, so I think that's fine. Yeah, I... I hear what you're saying. You know, this is the first season that we actually have gotten some actual character development uh, for Killer Frost. Not, not, not Caitlin, but for Killer Frost. And so, given that they have decided to make even the villain, uh, uh, I guess, aspect of the character into a heroic aspect, you know, I, I think this, this perhaps provides a path for that Killer Frost. Maybe we're going to see a Frost who fails at being a hero. Maybe we are going to see her take kind of that, um, that journey to the dark side. Maybe we're going to actually see her, um, you know, desire to do good, but in that pursuit uh, be pulled down a, a path that others could not follow even. Yeah, yeah, I know. You know I mean, you have some, some Revenge of the Sith stuff going on, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and we can handle it. We as fans, we can handle seeing our, our good guys go bad. I mean, I watched I watched uh, Hayden Christensen burn alive when I was like 13 years old. So oh, man. Good. All right, hang on. Can I, can I tell you something about this? So, so the other night, uh, my kids were really getting on to me, and they are young, okay? They are not 13 years old. Uh, you just heard them earlier in uh, Kid Flash TV Talk on the on the podcast, uh, but but so they really wanted to know because they were watching um, they were watching the the Rebels they were watching the cartoon Rebels and they've seen uh, the the original trilogy and they've seen uh, you know the Force Awakens and so they're familiar with Darth Vader they're familiar with the idea and and the you know the fact that Anakin is Darth Vader um, but we got to that scene in Rebels where uh, Ahsoka is facing him down and splits open the mask and they see his eye. And that really, they all of a sudden very much wanted to know, 
you know, how did he become Darth Vader? They wanted to see that movie. And so they kept on, on me and on me and on me to finally to see it. And so I'm like, okay, you know what? Movie night tonight, we're doing Revenge of the Sith. We plug it oh. in and we're watching this movie. And somewhere around, uh, I think after the, the ship crashes onto Coruscant, it dawns on me that a man gets his arms chopped off and actively burned alive while he's yep. screaming into yeah. the camera. And I'm showing this to like a four-year-old. Like, oh, yeah. We well, got a problem. Dooku got, Dooku got decapitated. You <laughs> that know. was off screen. It is nothing like Hayden Christensen burning alive. That is uh, no, Dooku does not get decapitated off screen. It happens there and you, you see his you, head roll. You see his it head roll a bit. To the side. It is not the same, Bell. It is definitely not the same. Listen, my youngest one still has nightmares about the Red Skull from when they saw. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. this was not going to fly. So I think I can't remember the moment where I decided to cut it off, but I think it was like execute order 66. I was okay, like, we can't. So yeah, no youngling say, killing or anything right, like that. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, dad of the year. Why is he killing children? (laughs) I was like, I don't know. It was a quick turn. They didn't really explore it here. Well, let's watch the Clone Wars. Maybe we can find something here. But yeah. You know, all these kids in Clone Wars? Yeah, they're all dead. Yeah, all of them. All of them. Anyway. Uh, Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, I had to to share my uh, my failure. (laughs) But I did catch it. And so we did cut it off. Uh, But, man, one thing I don't want to cut off is you when you tell folks how they can find you in Star Wars TV talk. Well, you can find my personal Twitter and my uh, very optimistic acting adventures at ZachLogan32 on the Twitter. And you can find Star Wars TV Talk at Star Wars TV Talk on Twitter. And of course, Star Wars TV Talk. Dot com and I won't spoil anything for Bell because he's behind for a lady. I mean, <laughs> but hey, it's whatever. Hey, you know, gotta do what you gotta do. Hey man, this is like this and this episode right here, man, the one that came out today, best one so far. Oh really? Just, even better, even better than uh than last week's. I, I liked last week just fine. I, I would kind of stack that as my up up in so right now for me it goes this one that came out today and then the one uh that was kind of an homage to Seven Samurai. And then the one from last week, which was fine. Uh, I mean, it was it was fine. It was fine. But this, I feel like it was almost like a precursor to what this week is, in that it had a lot of dynamics that I've been wanting to see, and then kind of coming to fruition this episode. And yeah, I just, yeah. this episode just, definitely did not choke. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I just feel like I feel like this uh, uh, last week's episode. It was great to me because it felt like a horror movie, mm-hmm. but the role reversal there where instead of like the, the, the good yeah. guy kids running away from the scary monster who like appears in places, it's mm-hmm. or, or like Alien, for example. Well, instead that's, that's of good guys. Empire Slayer, right? I mean, like that's the, uh, the instead of the damsel, the, the damsel is the monster to the monsters, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 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 you know, because like, you know, it, it's, it's, you always follow the, the good guy's perspective, like an alien, right? You know, it's, it's always the, the crew members and stuff. Uh, but in, in this one, it's, it's a reversal because there's bad guys on the ship that the Mandalorian is trying to kill. And he is the alien in the ship, right? Like it, it, it was just, it was a really neat kind of perspective change that I liked. And, it, and it was fun. This this next episode, Bell, and I, I can't wait. Text me after you see it because I want to. Actually, better yet, throw it in the Discord. And we'll discuss it in the Discord. But like, honestly, this next episode is a gear changer for the series, and that's all I'm going to say about it. But uh, that that's probably going to do it, man. Zach, thanks so much for joining us. And, Thank uh, you, Zach. Appreciate yeah, you, brother. Thanks, thanks for having me, and I uh, I hope to hear from you guys again. It was a lot of fun having you over on Star Wars TV Talk. So. Oh man, anytime. Yeah, we, look, can we talk about Star Wars? I think that's the question. Like that is now our official question to you. Any any in all times. Yes. Yeah. Anytime you want to talk about Star Wars, just let me know, man. <laughs> right, we, got, we got to know. We got open mics for you. All right, man. Thanks so much, Zach. We'll talk to you later. See ya. All right, man. So uh, look, 
Grandma Esther's eggnog induced Christmas calling extravaganza is always a blast. It's it's great to to check in with folks to uh, to kind of let it let it flow as freely as the nog itself. Uh, man, as I kind of queued up uh, just a minute here, we've got kind of an announcement um, with the dawning uh, in the, in this crisis of uh, you know Earth ninety. Uh, not only being canonized because that essentially just happened, you know, last crossover, but but you know, Earth '90s Flash really meeting his finale in this series more so now than ever. That series is now really part of this universe. is is part of this Flash TV series, and so we really want to help uh, honor that in a big way, and we need your help to make it happen. So here's the deal: after this back half of the season, as we go into the summer. We are looking at doing an Earth 90 Flash TV talk or an Earth 90 TV talk or a Flash of Earth 90 TV talk uh, miniseries where we go through the entire 22 episodes and give them the full Flash TV talk treatment uh, here on this channel. But we need your help to do it. We've got a new goal set and we are just a few patrons away from doing it. So if you head over to patreon.com slash TV talk, you can find more details. You'll be able to join our Discord. Where we'll be able to talk about all of this great stuff and more. Uh, and yeah, if we're able to hit that goal, uh, by the end of the season. We've got several months to do it and we only need a few more. So uh, so head over there, help us get there. Uh, we would love to uh, really do that series justice and uh, we'd love your help in doing that as well. So again, that is patreon.com slash TV talk is a place to do it. Uh, help us to honor the John Wesley ship of Earth 90, aka Barry Allen, aka the OG Flash uh, in, in, a, in a podcast ongoing series. It'll, it'll be, or ongoing, a mini series. It has a beginning and an end. It's 22 yes. episodes. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, so there you go. Uh, Bell, man, my, 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 my glass is empty and, and that is a crime, sir. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to, as soon as I, we stop the show, I'm going to have to refill up right here. But uh, what about you? How are you doing over there? You nogging pretty hard? I am bone dry right now, man. Oh, man. This, uh, Grandma Esther would not be pleased or she would be pleased. You know, like on the one hand, we drank it all. On the other yeah. hand, you know, we, 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 could, we could have a few more. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to turn some back here. Absolutely, man. Look, Grandma Esther's is always a, a fun time of year. Uh, we want to thank all of you who tuned in live at facebook.com slash flash TV talk uh, for joining us here in the chat. And, uh, you know, uh, shout out to everybody um, who has been listening throughout the season, listening throughout the crisis. Uh, for those new listeners who came on this season, we appreciate y'all. For those who've been listening since season one, we appreciate y'all. Uh, for, for those who are out there right now who are just stumbling upon and made the mistake of clicking this as their first episode of Flash TV Talk. Big mistake. Huge. Uh, <laughs> to totally lost, you must be. But that's okay. That's what, that's what this episode is about. It's about taking, taking some time to appreciate the ones that we love and the drinks that we love. And, Bell, as, uh, as we have had as a tradition here every year, I think we're going to close it out here with a little bit of noggin. So, for me, for Bell, for Belle's mom, why not? Hi, mom. <laughs> for certainly for Grandma Esther. And here it is, man. What better way to play us out this year than with Noggin on Grandma Esther's door? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Take this drink from me Cause I can't drink it
It's got too much bourbon for me Feels like I'm knocking on Grandma Esther's door Hey, 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 hey Knock, knock, knocking on Grandma Esther's door door Ooh, yeah Knock, knock, knocking on Grandma Esther's door Yeah, yeah, yeah Grandma Esther pouring some out for you but not really because I'm drinking it Best eggnog in the world the most alcoholic grandmother in the world Love you, Grandma Esther Merry Christmas, and to all 